the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, and we're going to start in verse 14, very familiar portion of scripture, we've all pretty, probably read this before, somebody actually might have rebuked you with this one before, <laughs> come on now, especially in the men's home, <laughs> I know I heard this a lot when I was, I heard, my wife used to tell me this, amen, that's one of the reasons why I'm speaking this message is because uh, God ministered it to me, amen, through my wife, can somebody say amen? All the married men should have been like, well, praise the Lord. How many know sometimes God speaks through your wives? Huh? I know Pastor Steve used to always say that uh, the longer that he's married, the more and more God's voice keeps sounding like his wife's voice. Amen. So, but how many know God uses our wives? Amen. God uses our wives, and same thing with God uses husbands as well. Amen. But sometimes he seems to use women a lot more sometimes. Praise God. Ephesians chapter 4, 14, the Bible reads like this. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is ahead, and that is Christ. Let's pray. Father, tonight I ask, Lord God, that you would set me aside, put your Holy Spirit behind this pulpit, Lord God. Speak to your people, Father. I pray, Lord, that the same way you gave me this message, the same way you ministered it to me, Lord God, that you would minister it to your folks. Because, Father, this is your church, this is your people, Lord God. And, Father, we love you tonight. We praise you. It's in Jesus' name. And everybody says? Amen. Amen. You can go ahead and have your seats here tonight. Getting used to these new lights. Praise the Lord. I feel like a deer in headlights tonight. To be honest, I think I like the old ones better. Even with the, did you guys, did you guys ever notice that with the old lights there was like a dark spot right here? Whenever anybody walked here, it was like a dark spot. Praise the Lord. Well, here tonight, you know, again, this message, God gave me, God ministered this message to me through my wife. Uh, I, want, I don't want to say a long time ago, but a while ago. Um, but uh, the Bible says here uh, that we will no longer be infants. And I was thinking about it. And brought me back to a conversation I had with somebody. And I asked him, I said, you know, there's a lot of people in the church, you know, not just our church, but, you know, in just church period, a lot of different churches. And I was like, there's a lot of people that come to church, and they come and they attend church. And I see, you know, I see them there, but I don't really see them doing anything. I don't see them going forward. I don't see them, you know, uh, uh, getting involved in anything. I don't see them doing anything for God. And, you know, but I hear them say, well, I love Jesus. But then I don't see them doing anything. I don't see anything happening within their lives. And I don't see any, uh, uh, I don't see any movement. I don't see any growth. And I was asking this person, I say, well, what do you think? What do you think is, what's the deal with this? You ever ask anybody that? What's the deal? I just don't get it. Help me out. And this person would share with me. He says, well, there's a lot of people that love Jesus, or there's a lot of people that love God, but they're not doing the work of God. And I was like, wow. That kind of hit me like, okay. It made sense. Because how many know there's a lot of people... You run into people on the streets, and you tell them, you know, you're passing them when we go out to the streets. How many know we go out to the streets? How many know we're about to really go out to the streets a lot coming up in the next few weeks, amen, for, uh, for our New Year's and New Year's Day for shotguns, so get ready for that. But when we go out to the streets, a lot of times when we're witnessing to people, we run across a lot of people, you know, you try to hand them a flyer, and you try to tell them, hey, Jesus loves you, and they go, oh, hey, I'm a Christian. You're like, oh, okay. A lot of people, everybody's a Christian nowadays. Can somebody say amen? There's a lot of them in here tonight, amen. How many here are Christians? Okay. How many here are followers of Jesus Christ? Okay, so you see how it was a difference, right? I asked, is there any Christians here? I was like, yeah, is there any followers of Jesus Christ? Do you know that there's a difference, right? Do you know that there's a difference, right? 
Just because you say you're a Christian doesn't mean you're a follower of Christ, right? You can love Jesus, but not do the work of Jesus, right? Because a lot of people say, oh, I love God. But then you look at their life and you're like, okay, <laughs> praise the Lord. You know, I would never ever question anybody's love for God. You know, someone says, hey, they love God. All right, praise the Lord. You say you love God, I believe you. But loving God is not the same as doing the work of God. It's two different things. So when that person shared that with me, it kind of opened up my understanding a little bit. And I came to a conclusion, and, and this is what I came up with, is that some people just don't want to grow up. Some people just don't want to grow up. Has anybody ever told you that? Why don't you just grow up? I know I used to get told that a lot when I was younger. Amen? Well, younger than I am now. I should have been grown up, but they, took, they used to tell me, you know, especially my, my mom, my stepmother, my dad, used to say, you need to grow up. You need to, come on, you need to grow up. And I remember the first time somebody ever told me that, I think it was my stepmother told me that, she says, you need to grow up. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm 25 years old. I am grown up. But I didn't understand there was a difference between my physical being and my uh, mental being or my, you know, my spiritual being, if you will. Just because I was 25 years old didn't mean I was grown up. I might have been grown up physically, right? Because I, I was 6'2 when I was probably 15 years old. So by 15, I was, you know, I was grown up, I thought. That's what I thought. Because of my physical age, I figured I was a grown man. I was a grown person. Anybody ever told you that? I'm a grown man. You can't tell me anything. I'm a grown man. I'm not going to go there, amen? We'll just leave that one right there. Or even now, sometimes, even today, sometimes people say, what do you mean? I'm 45 years old. If you tell a 45-year-old to grow up, something's wrong. If you have to tell a 45-year-old to grow up, can somebody say amen? Oh, come on, wives. That was your opportunity. Amen. Some of the wives got 45, 50-year-old men that need to grow up. Come on now. So we all pretty much understand, right, when we talk about physical growth. We understand that perspective. But what I want to talk tonight, I want to talk about the, the spiritual pers perspective of growing up. Can somebody say amen? amen? You see, babies are immature, not only physically, but they're also immature mentally. Right? We expect babies to grow, do we not? Right? When a baby's born, we expect that baby to grow. That's just an expectation. Physically, we expect that baby to grow. We also expect it to grow its mental capacity as well. And if it doesn't, if that baby does not grow, obviously we think something's wrong. We need to do something about this. Amen. And we usually take it to the doctors. Something's wrong. My baby's not. There's, a, there's like a term they use. Well, the, your, your child is behind the curve or behind the growth curve or something like that, they say. Right? And that's when they, you see the commercials. They're, they're giving their kids the insurance. And like all of a sudden, two weeks later, they're, you know, they're grown as they need to be. Praise <laughs> the Lord. How you know sometimes we, we need that stuff, right? We need some liquid insurer. Praise God. But when we see that the child is not growing, what do we do? We do something about it, right? We make a change. We do something because we know that there's something wrong. And you see, spiritual growth is very, goes through a, a, a similar process as physical growth, but it's so much more important. Can somebody say amen? And in the Bible, when it talks about growth, there's a word that it uses. It's called maturity. Look at your neighbor and say maturity. The Bible talks about maturity, and the Hebrew word for maturity, I'm not going to say it because I can't pronounce it, but it's translated as might, power, strength, or vigor. Look at your neighbor and say might, power, strength, and vigor. That's the Hebrew translation for the word maturity. Now, Scripture describes for us uh, in, a, in a bunch of different places within the Bible uh, the importance and need to grow. I'm not going to read the Scriptures, but I'll give them to you. It's 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, 
and Philippians chapter 1, verse 9. Those are just a few scriptures that talk about growth within the Bible. Uh, and I don't know about you, but I remember when I was young. Do you guys remember when you were young? For some of us, we got to think back a little bit farther than others. Amen. Praise. Some of you guys can look back and think it was just a couple years ago. It was funny. Just the other day, I, some of you, I was on Facebook, and I, a thing popped up for uh, my high school reunion. 30 years. I was like, no, that can't be right. I was like, my God. It's been 30 years since I've been in high school. I was like, wow, I'm getting old. But I remember. I, do, I, can, I can remember back then. Amen. I re, but I remember when I was a kid that I couldn't wait to grow up. Right? I couldn't wait to grow up. I used to look at all the things that grown-ups did, you know, all the older kids. I was like, man, I can't wait to grow up. I would, I would get excited thinking about all the things I was going to be able to do when I got to a certain age. Because when I got to this age, I was going to be able to do this. Or when I got to this age, I was going to be able to do that. And none of them were all good things, of course. You know, I remember when I was 18, I can't wait till I turn 18 so I can go buy my own pack of cigarettes. Right? They weren't all good things, but I had this excitement. I had this desire to grow up. I couldn't wait till I grew up. Is anybody with me here tonight? You couldn't wait till you grew up. And then how many know that sometimes when we grow up, we're like, man, I wish I was a kid again. Like, man, I wish I could go back into my mother's womb, come back out, and start all over again. Amen. But I couldn't wait to grow up because I, I, I was just excited about all the things that I was going to be able to do when I got older. Can somebody say amen? I look forward to all that cool stuff. Amen. And some of that stuff didn't turn out to be too cool, but... You know, we went for it anyways. But that same excitement that I have, the same excitement that we had when we were looking forward to growing up physically is the same excitement and the same desire that we need to have when it comes to growing up spiritually. Oh, come on, are you guys with me tonight? We should have that same excitement when we get saved to look forward to growing and maturing in the things of God and maturing in Christ. But growth in Christ is different than growth in the physical. And I'm going to show you a little bit. I believe that the, some of the principles or some of the points that I'm going to share tonight are going to help strengthen us, right? They're going to help us, you know, because how many know that we have an enemy in this world? That there's an enemy that's trying to take us out. He's trying to stop the growth. He's trying to stop the maturity within our lives. Because if he can stunt your growth, or if he gets you to stop where you're at and keep you in that immature place, if you're there, I'm not saying everybody here is, in, is immature in Christ. Some of, some of us might be. Some of us might be mature. Or some of us might be continuing to mature. Amen? But we have to understand that there's an enemy out there that wants to take you out. There's an enemy out there that wants to stop it. He wants to cut it off. Can somebody say amen? One thing that we have to understand is that we don't send babies to war. Right? We don't send babies to war. We used to send young men to war, but we don't send babies to war. Huh? How many know that in this, in this war that we're in, there's going to be casualties? Amen? But when we're mature in Christ, it lessens the, the, the opportunity of the enemy to take us out. But it's sad. That, the sad thing is, is that in churches today, there are a large population of spiritual infants. There's a lot of spiritual infants in the churches today. Not just, you know, I'm not saying victory. There's no spiritual infants here tonight. Amen? Right? All right. Come on now. It's all right. We're in church. You can be honest. Praise the Lord. And when I say spiritual infants, it's not, it's not a, not to put anybody down. Because, I mean, we all start in that state, right? Not just in Christ, but even physically. We all started as an infant. And then it's just a natural progression. That as we got older, we begin to mature, and things begin to happen within our lives. And it's the same thing in the, spirit, in the spiritual life. We got saved, right? Came into the church. And then God began to do things in our lives, but sometimes, somewhere along the way, some, for some of us, it stopped. Huh? And we stayed in that infant stage. See, Christians that are just not growing in Christ, sometimes they just get stuck. They get stuck there, stuck on spiritual bottles. Huh? Just as a baby needs to do certain things to grow physically, you and I also need to do certain things so that we can also grow spiritually. Can somebody say amen? 
One of the things that we have to do to continue to mature in Christ, to get out of that infant stage and to get to full maturity, the Bible talks about, is we have to desire to grow. We have to desire the maturity. It has to be something that we desire. It doesn't just happen. Can somebody say amen? It doesn't just happen. It's not like the physical part. See, physically, you'll grow naturally, right? You'll just grow. And then some of us just grow and grow. As Pastor Tony Kemp says, grow. Grow, right? We just grow. We just grow naturally, physically. But spiritually, that doesn't happen. See, spiritually, we have to desire the growth. We have to desire the maturity that God wants to bring into our lives. Can someone say amen? See, most kids growing up, I don't know about you, but when you grow up, did you have an idol? Did you have something? You know what? When I grow up, I want to be like that guy. Or when I grow up, I want to be like her. Or when I grow up, I want to be like Mike. Amen? That was the big thing when I was growing up. Michael Jordan, right? Everybody wanted to be like Mike, right? But we always wanted to be like somebody else. And likewise, Christians, we also need to be, you know, have the desire to be like somebody else, and that is Jesus Christ. But it has to be a desire. It has to be something that we want within our lives. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2 says, Desire pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Sometimes it seems that some Christians like being spiritual babies. They enjoy being those spiritual infants. Huh? They don't want to grow up. Has anybody here never wanted to grow up before? You ever felt like that? Man, I, I just don't feel like growing up. I like it right here. And sometimes I thought, well, why would anybody want to stay a baby? Why would anybody want to stay an infant? What's the... What's the attraction, right? One of the reasons why is because you don't have any responsibility. Huh? How do you know when you're a baby, you ain't got no responsibility? Everybody takes care of you. Huh? All you got to do is, Wah! you get fed, right? Wah! They change your diaper. You know, you know, you start acting crazy. They start patting you. you know, they put you in a blanket and they make you feel good. Who would want to do that all day long? Amen? No responsibility. That's one reason why some people like to stay infants in the church. No responsibility. They just want to come, sit in, sit in the pews. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right, I'm going home. You never see them, right? They stay the same way. They come in. Nobody sees them come in. They come in, sit in the back. Praise the Lord. Never see them leave. They're out. No responsibility. They don't get involved in anything, right? You never see them at any of the meetings. You don't see them at the events. You don't see them at nothing. All you see them is at church. Maybe. Amen. No responsibility. No commitment. Huh? What's another reason why people like staying spiritual infants? Because others feed you. Right? There it is. All you got to do is cry and they stick the bottle in your mouth. Right? Come to church. Sometimes that's, you know, you're at home. Go to church. What happens? Message comes across. You suck on the milk and then we go home. But you don't feed yourself. You let others feed you. You don't go home and read your Bible. When, things, when the enemy comes and begins to, boom, begins to bring things into your family, begins to bring things in your life, they're messing with you at your job, what do you do? <laughs> Instead of opening up your Bible and seeing what God says for your life. Instead of seeking, getting on your knees and seeking God and say, okay, Lord, what's going on? I need you to show me. Instead of seeking God on your own, what do you do? Well, I, got something, I need someone to feed me. I need someone to feed me. No, you've got to feed yourself. What's another reason people like staying spiritual infants? Because everybody else clothes you, right? They put the clothes on you. Pray for me. Going through it. Pray for me. There's nothing wrong with praying, with asking for prayer. Don't get me wrong. Don't. Pastor Toby said, don't pray for you. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that's all. There's just some people that's, that's always pray for me, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. It's like, okay, have you prayed for yourself? Well, no. Yeah, come on. You got to put your own clothes on sometimes. You've got to cover yourself with your own prayers. 
We'll pray for you. We'll agree with you. We'll believe God with you for sure. That's not a problem. Yeah, that's what we do because we're family. But if you can't pray for yourself, if you can't clothe yourself, you can't cover yourself in prayer, it's like, wow, then you're, really, you're exposing yourself to the enemy. Amen? And another reason, the last reason why is because other people change your diaper. Woo! Sometimes we don't like, we don't like clean up. Come on. Sometimes we don't like cleaning up our own mess. Right? It's easier when somebody else does it. I don't know about you, but it's easier when somebody else cleans up my mess. But I'm here to let you know that we've got to start cleaning up our own messes. Amen. Don't let anybody else change your diaper. Say praise the Lord. Because when you're a spiritual infant, it's a free ride. Look at your neighbor and say free ride. Well, see, God didn't create us so that we could stay babies spiritually. God didn't create us so that we could stay spiritual infants. Likewise, he didn't save us so we could stay those spiritual babies, right? We were born. God didn't create us so that we would just stay in that form. Again, I said, like I said, we naturally grow. It's the same thing spiritually. God didn't rebirth us in the spirit so that we could stay spiritual infants. Amen? He didn't save you so you can just sit in the pew and go, amen. Praise the Lord, pastor. I'm going home. That's not why God saved you. That's not why God rebirthed you in the spirit. Amen? God wants to mature you. He wants you to grow. Look at your neighbor and say, grow. But see, we have to desire the growth that Christ wants to give us so that we can actively pursue the calling that he has for our lives. See, there is a calling upon your life. Can someone say amen? And our desire has to change from milk to meat. From milk to meat. Amen? How many guys like steak? Come on. It's all right. You got any vegans in the house? Praise the Lord. I, I don't know what I would, if you're a vegan, I don't know what the spiritual, yeah, there you go. You like tofu? Come on. Praise the Lord. But how many of you guys, you really like, you like steak, man? You like the prime ribs, right? You like the tenderloins, like ribeye steaks. I love steak. I love steak. Milk's good, but I love steak. I love steak. And see, that's what the Bible says. There has to come a point where we stop drinking the milk and we move to steak. Because, see, the steak is what's going to bring uh, uh, the growth. It, the milk is good when you're in that infant stage because you need the different nutrients that are in that, you know, in the mother's milk. You, they need that. Baby needs that. But there comes a, a point in time where, you know, the mom says, okay, that's enough. And they put them on a bottle. And then there comes another point, right, where they say, okay, now. And they start giving them the, you know, the more solid food. And that's what it is. Now, how many know that the, the Word of God is solid food? How many know that you can stand on the Word of God? Huh? The Word of God is solid but it talks about meat, it talks about chewing, right? Because when you, when you eat meat, you can't stick chunks of meat in a bottle and suck it through a little itty-bitty pinhole, right? You have to chew on it. You have to chew on it. But what that chewing does is it creates something within your life. Can somebody say amen? Because when you're chewing on it, what happens is you begin to build your jaw muscles, right? Things begin to happen, you know, and that's the same thing with the Word of God. When you begin to chew on it, things begin to happen within your life. You begin to build different muscles in your life that you do. You ever chewed on a piece of meat so long, you like your jaw hurt, right? Well, sometimes like, we got to do that with the Word of God. we got to chew on it, man, so something begins to happen. We're like, oh, I can feel that. I can feel something happening within my life because they're chewing on that Word. Amen? But we have to have a desire for it. Parents understand that, Amen? Come on now. <clears throat> Parents should really understand this principle, especially if you had a child that didn't want to grow up. Has anybody ever had a kid that didn't want to grow up? No? All right. I know, I know parents that have 45-year-olds still living at home playing video games on the couch. Don't want to grow up, ain't got no job, got no car, got no prospects, right? 
You know what I mean by prospects, right? You know, the 45-year-old guys sitting at home playing, you know, Nintendo or I don't know what the video games out are now, whatever. Still sitting at home, got no prospects, you know, and I tell them, riding around on bicycles, I'm like, come on, bro. You know, and they're like, no, 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 you know, and they're like, yeah, I'm looking for a girlfriend. I'm like, really? I'm like, all right, where are you going to put them, on the handlebars? Like, you know, come on, you got to bring something to the table, you know. It's like, come on, I got no prospects. It's like, grow up, you know, come on, man. But uh, 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 when I look at guys like that, or even girls, I know those girls that do it too. I don't, I don't mean to single out the men and think they're the only guys that sit at home, play video games, and, you know, don't work. Praise God. But uh, I looked at that, and I go, why do these guys, do, why, does it, why, is, why does it they do that? It's because they don't have a desire to grow. They're comfortable. They love that milk. They love that mom's milk. Huh? That's, they, you have that term for some of these guys called mama's boys, right? Mama's boys or daddy's girl, right? I'm guilty of that. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, I don't think she's here tonight, my daughter. Praise the Lord. It's hard sometimes, you know, as a parent, but sometimes we have to have that tough love, right? We've got to, like, come on. got to get out there. you got to do it. Praise the Lord. But they don't have a desire to grow. There's something there that is stopping their desire to grow. They don't want to go after it. They, they're comfortable where they're at. They love, you know, uh, they love that spiritual milk or, you know, that their moms give them. They love that comfort. They love that, uh, the comfort of home. But they des- with the desire to grow, also we need to maintain that desire. Can someone say amen? See, the devil doesn't want you to grow, so he's going to try to stop you by bringing different things to steal or diminish that desire. He's going to try to uh, stagnate that desire. He'll, he'll, wanna, he'll try to get us to become stagnant, to stagnate our growth by getting us satisfied and thinking that we don't need to grow anymore. Because sometimes we get to a certain point where they're like, well, I don't need to grow anymore. I'm good. There's also a saying that says, you know, uh, they think, we think we've arrived, we've arrived, right? We get to a certain point, we think we've arrived. Well, I'm here to let you know that we can never arrive. Amen. There is no arrival place. Amen. If you, ever, if you have that mentality, well, I've arrived. Well, I'm here to let you know, you're dead wrong. Huh? You're dead wrong. Spiritual growth never ends. Spiritual growth never ends. You will never arrive. There isn't like a, an ending, well, I've gotten to a certain point spiritually, I'm good, I can stay right here, everything's going to be all right. I know, I tried it, amen? I got to, I've, I've shared it a lot of times, Pastor Steve came, he said, what's going on? I said, hey, Pastor, I'm right here, I'm good. I'm, I've arrived. I don't want to go any farther than this. I'm perfectly fine. I'm on cruise control. You know, and, my, and he told me, he goes, there is no cruise control in Christianity, Toby. There is none. He said, you're either going forward or you're going backwards. And if you're not going forward, you're going backwards. There's no neutral. Amen? In Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 and 14, the Bible says, Not that I have already attained all this, or I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. See, he, even Paul recognized the fact that there was no arrival, that he had not arrived yet. How many know that Paul had done a lot of things up to this point? Right? Paul was a great man. Paul did mighty things. But even in, in those things that he did, he understood that I have not arrived yet. That only the day that I arrive will be the day I arrive in heaven. Amen? That's when you have arrived, because you will go from one place to another. You will arrive when you go to heaven. Amen? Even in Matthew 26, right? Peter thought that he had reached a level where he could never deny Jesus. You guys remember that story? When Jesus was telling, uh, telling him about, all, you know, about everything he was going to have to go through, that he was going to have to go to the cross, he was going to have to be crucified, and then he was going to be killed, and then he was like, no, it's not going to happen. We'll never let that happen. 
I'll never deny you Jesus. And that's when he began to tell him, oh, you know, when, he, when the, crow, when the crow crows three, or the chicken crows three times, you're going to deny me, right? You're going to deny me. And again, no, no, we'll never deny you Jesus, never. They thought that they had reached a level Well, you know, no, 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 it's never going to happen. Never going to happen. First Corinthians says this. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you do not fall. Huh? If you think you're standing firm, be careful that you do not fall. Huh? Humble yourself. Don't ever think that you've come to a place that you can't fall. Don't ever think you can get so high that you can't fall down. Hmm? I've seen many, many men get to a certain point where they think, oh, I've arrived. Nothing can ever happen to me now. I'm so spiritual that the devil can never take me out. Those guys aren't here anymore. They set themselves up. Because when you say things like that and you voice things like that, the devil hears you. He says, oh, yeah? You think so? And then he comes after you even harder. Can someone say amen? See, we'll never reach a point or become so mature that we cannot fall. Having no desire to grow comes from not seeing the need to. Huh? Having no desire to grow comes from that thought inside of, well, I don't need to grow. Why should I grow? I don't need to. Right? Why should I go forward if I don't need to? That's a mindset, and it's a dangerous one. Can someone say amen? Too many Christians wonder why, why them? How come God's using them? Huh? How come God's using that person? Why not me? How come they're being used like that, and I'm not being used like that? That's because you're not doing what they're doing. You're not doing what, what that person's doing. Huh? You're not growing like that person's growing. You're not going after God like that person's going after God. Some people think just because they get saved, all of a sudden God is going to do these great and mighty things in your life just because you're at church. Well, here I am, Lord. I'm at church today. Do great and mighty things in my life. It doesn't work. That's part of it. Yeah, that's one of the steps we got to do, but that's not the whole thing. That's not everything that you got to do. Amen? You got to go after it. You got to get busy for the Lord. Can someone say amen? Yeah. It's simply not enough to love him, like I said in the beginning. Well, I love Jesus. Why doesn't he use me? Huh? Well, it's not just enough to love Jesus. We have to desire to be like him. Huh? You can love him, but do you want to be like him? You can love him, but do you want to be like Jesus? And if you want to be like Jesus, I'm here to let you know, you better grow up. Another thing that it's going to take for us to grow up in our spiritual thing, spiritual life and our spiritual walk, is nourishment. Food, right? How many guys like to eat? Come on now, be honest, we're in church. Don't lie to me. Huh? We need the spiritual food of God's word. We need the spiritual food of God's word. Without the proper food and a proper diet, a child is not going to grow, right? If you, know, you don't feed the child right, it's not going to grow up the way that it's supposed to. Huh? I know because I battle my daughter with this with my grandson all the time. This is like a constant battle all the time. When he was little, when he was a baby, that kid used to eat anything. I mean, you know, you put anything, he would eat it. You know, she put a spoon in whatever and stick it in front of his face, that kid would eat it. Now all of a sudden, now it's nothing but Mickey Donald's. <laughs> Mickey Donald's. What do you want? Mickey Donald's. That's it. He wants chicken nuggets and french fries. That's all he wants. And sometimes that's all he eats. Every once in a while he'll eat rice or he'll eat a quesadilla. Outside of that, nothing. Nothing. And sometimes, you know, I, I look at him and he know, I don't know if he, how many, how many guys know my grandson? Juanito, right? Those of you who live in children's church or work in children's church, you guys know. <laughs> you guys know my grandson, right? He's a handful. Praise the Lord. That's from all the Mickey Donalds, amen? <laughs> from all the Mickey Donalds. But, you know, sometimes I, you know, he's, trying to, he's trying to talk to me because he's five. And, you know, I hear other five-year-olds, and they're like, you know, reading the Bible and, you know, <laughs> preaching God's word. 
you know. My grand, you know, and sometimes I'm like, the heck, you know. But I, I get it. They're all, everybody has a different growing thing, you know. But, you know, but for me, I was like, I would, I would tell my daughter, I used to get mad at my daughter. It's because of all the McDonald's you've given that kid, man. <laughs> you're giving him all this junk food, man. That's why he can't, that's why he doesn't, you know, he's not like all these other kids, you know. Like, come on, you need to start eating stuff that's green and, you know, eat some something. I was trying to, bl- I was literally, I'm, I'm, being, I, I'm being transparent as heck right now. I blamed it on his diet. The reason why he was where he was at physically was because of the, you know, and it's, it is true. There is truth to it. I, you know, I'm not saying that everything I said was true, but there is truth to that, that things that you eat do have an effect on the way you grow physically, do have an effect on the way you think as well, your mental capacity as well. And so if it's that physically, just think how it is spiritually. What are you eating spiritually? What are you digesting spiritually? Huh? Huh? I mean, how many know we, we live in this world, right? But we're not of this world. But we live in this world, and we're surrounded by a bunch of junk. Can somebody say amen? You know, not all of us, we, we don't all work in the church office. We don't all work in, you know, these great cathedrals where there's, we're, we're surrounded by the Spirit of God all the time. And, you know, we work in the world where we're surrounded by what? Sin, hell, you know, all these different things. And I work in the city. I've never worked, I mean, I used to hate going to the city. I used to hate going to San Francisco just because it was like, I was afraid I was going to get lost. Just as soon as I got out, I was, I'm going to get lost, and then I don't know what the heck's going to happen. And, but now that I work there, I kind of know my way around. But now I drive through these different neighborhoods, and I'm just like, man, this place is crazy. And I'm surrounded by, you know, and, I, and I'm out with the public. You know, I'm out, you know, because I clean bus shelters, so I deal with the homeless a lot, you know, and just to see the things that I have to see and hear the things I have to hear and be around the stuff I have to be around, it affects me. It affects me, you know. And it's, I, I, if it's for me, I know how much for you as well. And a lot of you guys work in office buildings and, you know, different places where you're surrounded by people that are not saved. And you hear things and you have to be, you know, and it's, it's not like you can go, well, I'm going to take my office and I'm going to go over here and I'm not going to listen to you guys. Sometimes we can't do that, you know. Yeah, some, some of us, we're blessed. We can put Christian music on and we can listen to music, and, but not all of us. Some of us, we don't, we don't live in those atmospheres, amen. So all that stuff is coming on us and sometimes we digest it. Sometimes we digest it. We don't do it on purpose, but sometimes we, we end up digesting. It's just like when you jump in the pool. Sometimes you act, come on, let's be honest. Sometimes you actually drink some of that water. Come on, let's be honest, right? Be honest. Sometimes some of that water gets in our mouth, and, you know. So sometimes, as hard as we try, some of that stuff gets in there, amen? And we begin to digest it, and it affects our spiritual life. Affects our, it affects our spiritual growth, huh? See, growing kids want food, and babies will cry for food. When was the last time you cried for the Word of God? When was the last time you cried out for the Word of God? Huh? Because how many know when we go through trials, we go through tribulations, and we cry out, what are you crying out for? Huh? Are you calling your, you know, your old girlfriend that you used to run with in, 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 you know, back in the day and asking her advice? And, oh, this is what's happening. It's funny because you get hurt in the church or you got something going on in the church in your spiritual life, and you call somebody that ain't even saved for advice. Like, I don't know what to do. And they're just like, oh, you need to leave that church. And those people are this, and those people are that. And I don't even know why you're serving God. And you know what I mean? And you're getting all these different, you're digesting all these different things. And then we wonder why we're in the predicaments we're in. We wonder why we're positioned the way we're positioned. Amen? Are you crying for the spiritual food God is providing for your growth? Huh? Are you crying for that? I don't know about you, but I like to eat. I like to eat. And I'll be honest. Whenever I can, I eat. I will eat. If I'm not busy doing something, or I will, that's just, 
because uh, I have that, what do you call it? I have one of those extreme tendencies. Um, whatever I do, I usually do it to the extreme. So if I'm not doing something, like even when I'm out, as long as I'm busy at work doing something, I don't really, I don't really eat any, but, but as soon as I, like, I get back in my truck, I'm driving, I'm always, I put my hand in my lunchbox, you know, and I'm like looking at it, like, I know I got something in here, you know. I got to have something. I always got to keep like sunflower seeds or almonds or, or something because once I stop doing something, I want to eat something. It's just, I don't know what it is. I have this extreme tendency to like, you know, I mean, I don't like grab sandwiches and, you know, but I got to, I got to eat. So every chance I get, whenever I can, I always put food in my mouth. Amen. But that's how we need to be spiritually. Every chance I get, I need to be putting God's word into my life. I need to begin digesting that stuff. I need to be getting it in me. Amen. I wish I, you know, I wish my radio in my truck worked so I could, you know, listen to, but I don't. I got like the wackest truck at work. Right, Geronimo? Man, my truck, my radio doesn't work. Half my seat is missing. You know, it's just, it's whack. I don't have, you know, but I carry, I, I, but I carry, you know, I got some books in my, in, my, in my truck that I carry with me. So when I'm on the brakes, I'm able to read. I'm able to digest this stuff. I'm able to get it in my system. Because the things that I see, the things I got to hear at work sometimes, messes me up. I'm like, man, I got to pray right now. You know, I got to pray right now. Some of the stuff we talk about on the way home, we're like, man, what, what happened to you today? You know, we start telling stories about all the crazy things that we, he- we heard, all the crazy things that we saw. You know, I, I mean, these are things I never thought I would see in my life. But go to San Francisco, you're going to see it. Amen. Second Peter 3.18 says, Grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Matthew 4.4 4 says, Man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. See, the Bible is God's mouth speaking His word of spiritual nourishment. When you're spiritually hungry, you don't need to go somewhere else. All you got to do is go to the Bible. When you're spiritually hungry, all you got to do is go to God's word. Because without the proper diet, we'll become spiritual, what's the word? Spiritual anorexics. Amen? Without the proper diet, we'll become spiritually anorexic, and we'll eventually fall away. Huh? We'll eventually fall away. And so to get this nourishment that I'm talking about, we have to go after it. The word of God doesn't just fall in your mouth. Huh? Those things don't just come to you. You have to go to them. You have to go after it. See, reading God's word regularly, come to church, right? Those are all good ways to be able to get that in us, right? In the beginning, as spiritual infants. We become spiritual infants, but we want to grow. We come to church, we hear the word of God, we get the different things that we need, but then we go home and we get it on our own. We begin to feed ourselves. We begin to give ourselves that nourishment. When we're going through the things that we're going through, we know exactly where we need to go. We don't go to the places that we used to go before. Can somebody say amen? amen? And the last thing that we need to grow spiritually is we need to get involved. Look at your neighbor and say, get involved. Because again, there's a lot of people that come to church, not just this church, but again, churches all over the world, and that's all they do. They come to church, and they don't get involved. They don't get involved in anything. And we got a lot of, how many know that in Victory Outreach Heart, we got a lot of things to get involved in? Praise the Lord. If you, if you say, well, I don't know what to get involved in, all you got to do is look at the person next to you, because they're probably involved in something, and say, hey, what are you involved in? Where can I get involved in? We got to get involved in something. One of the places, you know, you can go to life group, right? How many know life groups are awesome? How many guys like your life group? Life groups are awesome. Life groups are good. But that's not the only place that you can get fed. That's the only place you can get nourishment. That's the only place you can grow, you know, spiritually and become mature. Get involved in ministry, right? There's so many different places to get involved in ministry within the church. It's children's church, right? Uh, ushers, 
greeters, sound, worship team, you know. There's so many different places that you can get involved to allow yourself to use your gifts and to grow and mature in the things of God. <clears throat> Reading at home is not enough. Coming to Sunday service is not enough. We need to fill our soul with the buffet that God makes available to us. And he makes that available to us through ministry. There's a buffet through ministry. And the reason why I say that, you know, well, how does getting involved help me grow spiritually? How does that help me grow spiritually? Because, see, ministry is people. So when I say get involved in ministry, I'm saying get involved in people. Because when you get involved in people and you're involved with people, how many know people are going to make you grow? Oh, come on now. You guys are not with me here tonight. How do you know people will make you grow? Huh? Because if you don't have patience, you get involved with people, they're going to try your patience. Huh? You say, Lord, give me patience. God doesn't snap his fingers and give you patience. God puts you next to somebody that's going to try your patience so that you can exercise patience. So ministry, this is one of the reasons why ministry will grow you spiritually. Because it will put you in positions that you've never been in before because you didn't like those positions. Because why? Because it comes against your comfort zone. How many know we all have a comfort zone? We all got a place where we're real comfortable. As long as I'm right here, I'm all good. Just don't mess with my, don't come into my space. Don't come into my bubble. As long as you don't come into my bubble, everything's going to be okay. But how many know that you don't grow inside the bubble, right? Guys, don't, you, we don't grow inside of a bubble. We got to get outside of that. And that's what ministry does. Getting involved in a ministry will get you outside of that bubble, get you involved in people that are going to, you know, they're going to grow you. Because, you know, the Bible says that iron sharpens iron. Right? What does that mean? Is you begin to rub each other, right? Just like a, 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 a clam, right? A clam. Do you know where, how a pearl is created? It, just, it doesn't like just all of a sudden pop, up, pop in there one day. A little piece of sand gets in there and begins to irritate the clam. It just begins to move around and irritate and irritate. And over time, over time, over time, that little piece of sand turns into a pearl because of the irritation. It's the same thing with our lives. Iron sharpens iron. That little irritation. Man, that sister, man, she rubs me the wrong way. Man, that brother gets on my nerves. Right? But that literal irritation over and over and over, but day after day, right? Week after week, working together in the ministry. Pretty soon, the relationships you guys have, they're like pearls, right? Now they're your best friend, they're your best homeboy, your best homegirl, right? And then you look and see, wow, I've grown spiritually. Those kinds of things don't bother me anymore. Uh, I can, people, now when people come at me like that, it doesn't bother me anymore. Why? Because I've grown spiritually. I see them for what it is. I see them in a, I see the way God sees them. I see them through God's eyes. Huh? Can somebody say amen? Because it's just like in a fishbowl. Just like a fishbowl. Anybody ever have fish when you were growing up? No? I was the only one? Amen. You have fish, Matt? Come on now. You let him have fish, Greg? Come on, Pastor Greg, you let him have fish. Oh, yeah, right now. All right. Praise the Lord. Okay, so then you can relate to this. Right? Come on. Oh, yeah, lizards. Amen. Well, same, same, same principle applies, amen? But when you have a fish in a fishbowl, the fish is only going to grow as big as the bowl will allow it to, right? You could have a, you know, you could put a fish. How many of you guys remember the fish we got for uh, one hell of a night? Amen. I went home and put it in something like this. It died. <laughs> the next morning it was floating, right? Because, you know, to be honest, it really wasn't big enough for it. He couldn't really go anywhere, really do anything, <laughs> except for just sit there, right? Well, it's the same thing spiritually. If you don't put yourself into a bigger fishbowl, right, you're going to die spiritually. You have to put yourself into a bigger fishbowl, and that's what ministry does. It creates a bigger fishbowl, right? 
Create something bigger for you. So now you have space. You can move out and go, okay, wow, all right, I can do this. But when you put something, you know, in this big, it's never going to get any bigger than this. It'll just stay that big. And then it'll it eventually, like that fish, it'll, I don't know those things. I don't know if it's just they never live or because I never had any luck with those things. No, that's not true because I put one in a bigger one one time and it lasted like a month. But then they, my grandson, like, he just gets the food. He just goes, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. And just blankets the whole top of the thing, and then it just, yeah, I think, because fish will eat until they die. So, but. <laughs> so it's just like, it's only going to grow as big as the bowl will allow it to. The fish will only grow as big as the bowl allows it to. Lizards, too. The lizards will only grow as big as the tank will allow it to. Because my brother-in-law used to have lizards as well, and he used to have these big, huge monitor lizards. I mean, these things, he used to go buy these rats, and they would throw them in there, and we would watch that thing. Man, it was pretty crazy. But he, but he would have, well, he would have, when he would first get them, they'd only be like this big, and he'd only have like a cage about this big. But then over time, his, his, his uh, uh, tank would get bigger and bigger, and that thing would get like this. They would get huge because he kept expanding their, what, their environment. It's the same thing with ministry. You say, well, I've been in children's church for 15 years. It's like, get out of there already. I mean, you know, go do something else. I'm not saying, you know, drop the ministry, but, you know, try something else. Expand your capacity. Allow yourself to grow more spiritually in another area as well. Ex- get into a bigger fishbowl. Because you can learn, a, don't get me wrong, you learn a lot of stuff in children's church. You learn a lot of stuff in children's church. Can all the children's church teachers say amen? You learn a lot. But I'm here to let you know that there's a whole lot more to learn. Amen? But you've got to get into a bigger fishbowl. Life groups, right? Life groups, they'll expand your capacity. They'll expand your, 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 uh, your spiritual fishbowl if you will, amen, building relationships, building relationships with people will grow you spiritually, amen, so your growth potential then increases as large as you allow it, depending on how much you get involved, see, the more you get involved, the more you're going to grow, the more you get involved, the more you're going to grow, if I would have stayed where I was at when I had that conversation with Pastor Steve, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now, I wouldn't have cruised on neutral until where I am right now, not, again, not that I've arrived, but I wouldn't be where I'm at, I would still, actually, I probably wouldn't be where I was at then either. I would be somewhere else. I would probably, I probably, to be honest, I probably would not even be in church. I'll be honest, I would not be in church. See, don't limit or bottleneck yourself by not getting involved in ministry or in life groups or in something. Amen? We need to have a desire. We need to have nourishment. And the last one, and I'm going to close with this, is that we need to have exercise and practice. Exercise and practice. See, exercise and practice are essential to physical, but also, more importantly, to spiritual development. See, athletes and musicians know that without these two things, they will never improve their skills. Right, AJ? Right, guys? They understand that. And, you know, even the sound team, the media team, they understand that as well. Without practice, without exercising uh, uh, their skills, right, they're never going to improve. They're never going to get any better. It's the same thing spiritually. If you don't exercise or practice spiritual principles, you're never going to get better at it. It doesn't just happen, amen? It doesn't just happen. Yes, you have gifts. Yes, you have talents. Some people say, man, you can see, you know, they're, they're prayer warriors. You can see it all over them. But unless they begin to exercise and practice that skill, they're never going to become that prayer warrior that God wants them to become. Amen? In order to improve, it's going to take continual repetition. Just like when a child is learning to ride, to ride or, or, or to walk or to ride a bike, Right? Over and over again. They gotta keep doing it over and over again. They gotta keep practicing. They gotta keep practicing. Amen. Practice makes perfect or at least promotes improvement. Amen. Because how many know we'll never be perfect? 
right? But practice will help you improve. It will help you get better at being what God wants you to be. These are so very essential as well to our personal spiritual growth. In Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14, the Bible says, Those who are full of age, by reason of us, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Good and evil. It talks about those who are of full age. It's talking about mature, maturity. Those that are mature and reason of use their senses and exercised to discern both good and evil. Because they're mature and they've exercised their senses, they're able to, what? The Bible says to discern good and evil because of the things that they're practicing, because they've exercised, they practice it. Amen? 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 says, Exercise yourself towards godliness. See, we must, we must learn to apply spiritual truths again and again and again and become more effective in doing God's work. You ever heard this before? No pain, no gain. Right? No pain, no gain. What is that? What is, that's a, that's a, 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 what do you call it? A, a physical working out term that they use, right? No pain, no gain. If you don't have any pain when you work out, after you work out, then you didn't do it right. Huh? If you, if you don't have any pain after you work out, you're not going to gain anything. It was funny because I know me and my wife just got a gym membership. I know it doesn't look like it. Amen. But we got a gym membership and we were there. And it was like the first day we went together. And, you know, Marv was all excited. She said, yeah, we're going to go work out. And I was like, all right, praise God. You know, I wasn't all excited. You know, <laughs> I'm just not excited about working out. Amen. Uh, so we went to go work out, and, you know, I, I was like, okay, I'm going to go over here. She's like, okay, I'm going to go over here. And I remember after about maybe 30 minutes, I looked over, and she was on the treadmill. You know, and she was like this. <laughs> and I was over on the machine, like, looking like, what the heck? You know, I was like, all right. And we were there for like an hour or whatever, and she got off. She was all sweaty, you know, and I was just tired. I was like, all right. And then the next day, I was a little sore, right? It's like, oh, my arm, back, my, my triceps hurt because I was on this machine. Like, man, my triceps are hurting. I asked her, like, oh, are you sore? She goes, no, not really. I go, oh, you weren't doing it right. <laughs> she said, what do you mean? I go, I go, no pain, no gain. I go, if you, don't, if you don't hurt the next day, then you were not doing it right. I go, I saw you. I go, you were over there, you were walking on the treadmill. <laughs> she goes, what, what is the term that she used? I was, I was, ah, what is it? I was, I was, yeah, I was, I was warming down or something like that, right? I was coming down from them like, all right, okay, sure you were, right? I was like, all right, if you say so, amen. But when you begin to exercise and you begin to do things repetitiously like that and you do it the way you're supposed to do it, you will have pain. But that lets you know that something's happening, right? Because that's what it does. When you begin to work out and your muscles hurt, that means that your muscles are getting worked out. They're beginning to change. They're beginning to do something different. Can someone say Amen. <clears throat> if you want to, if you want to teach the word, if you say, "Hey, y'all, you know what? I'm, I'm called to teach. I feel God has called me to teach." Well, then you need to get in the kids' gang, amen. Because there's a bunch of kids in our kids' gang that need to be taught, amen. If you want to teach, go to kids' gang, you know, or go to gang, amen. <laughs> join the gang; they need to be taught as well. If you want to sing, join the worship team. Exercise your voice, amen. If you want to preach, go to the men's home, but make sure you ask Pastor Greg first, amen. <laughs> Don't just show up, hey man, I'm here to preach. <laughs> you know, they'll probably slam the door in your face. Like, you didn't call first. I'm just kidding, just kidding. But seriously, if you know what you want to do and you want to go after it, and you say, I, this is what I feel I'm called to do, when you want to practice it, you want to exercise that skill, well then you got to put yourself in those positions. you got to put yourself in that position to where you can exercise that gift. Can someone say amen? 
if you want to understand the Bible, well, then get involved in a life group where, they're here, where they got Bible studies. Get involved in Veti, right, Jason? Get involved in Veti. If you want to learn more about the Bible, go to Veti. Learn about that stuff. If you want to learn to play, if you want to learn to pray, then just pray. I, to be honest with you, I mean, I don't know any other way to learn how to pray than to just pray. Get around other people that are praying. Right? Join the prayer ministry. Get involved with Sister Chella, Sister Rochelle, uh, Sister Aziz, all these ladies, and even said Brother Will and Damien, all these guys that are involved in the prayer ministry. You want to learn how to pray? Get around the people that are praying. Huh? Get around the people that are praying. And then pray. That's the only way you're going to learn how to pray. That's the only way you're going to be able to exercise it. Amen? You're not going to wake up one day and go, I know how to pray. I got it now. Praise the Lord. God gave it to me in a dream. Doesn't happen like that. You gotta do it again, you gotta do it again, you gotta do it again, and you gotta do it again. You gotta exercise it. Amen. We will never reach our God given potential if we don't cultivate the desire to grow or nourish our spirit with His Word and put into practice the spiritual truths and principles that we learn. It's not just one thing to learn it, but you gotta practice it, right? You gotta put it into action. Look at your neighbor and say, action. It's like I was sharing the other I shared the other day. It's like we want the promise, right? We know what the promise is. We read the Bible and we say, hey, this is the promise. God says this is what's going to happen. But you got to go back over here and say, okay, but when you do this, then I'm going to do this. Right? When you go here, right, then I will be here. That's what the Bible says. When we do this, when we practice this, when we go here, then God will do this. Then God will go there. But sometimes we want to be here, we want this, but we don't want to do that. Huh? We want the promise, but we're not practicing the principles. Right? We want the promise. Everybody wants the promise, but we got to practice the principles. You got to put in the work. You don't just show up to practice one day and think, hey man, I'm an all-star. You know, put me in, put me in coach, I'm ready to play. You're like, all right, you ever played baseball before? Never once in my life. But hey, I want to be in the World Series. I want to go all the way. I want a championship ring. Well, hey, practice the principles, right? What do they call them in, in sports? They say the fundamentals, right? Practice the fundamentals. That'll get you to the World Series. <clears throat> but just because we put ourselves onto this great journey of growth doesn't mean that we won't make mistakes or fall short. Amen? How many know the Bible says that we all fall short? Right? We all make mistakes. Huh? We all make mistakes. Pastor Steve used to always say, it's fine, go out and make mistakes, just don't do it twice. Just don't keep making the same mistakes. Huh? Just don't keep making the same ones over and over again. Because when you make the same ones over and over again, that means you're not learning, you're not growing. Amen? It's okay to make mistakes. That's how we learn, right? Like, stick your hand in the fire and it burns you. Ooh, we learn. Not going to do that again. Amen? Just learn something right now. Praise the Lord. I just grew. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's how it works, right? We learn by our mistakes. And it doesn't happen overnight. AJ can go ahead and come. All this stuff doesn't happen overnight. Spiritual growth doesn't happen overnight. You don't get saved one day and grow up a spiritual giant the next day. It just doesn't happen that way. When you look at the Bible, or even, even you look around a lot of the big, you know, look around Christianity today, and you see a lot of these great men, these great women of God, and you see all the great things that you're doing, you see, you know, all the knowledge that they have, and you see just the great things that are happening through their lives, and the lives they're touching, the things that are happening, and you're like, man, how do they do it? How do they do it? What is it that they're doing? How are they able to do that? How can that person do what they're doing? They make it look so easy. Well, they understood that they needed to grow up. 
there was a point in their spiritual life where they said, you know what, I got to grow up. I can't be the spiritual infant anymore. You know, it feels good, right, when you're that spiritual infant. Everybody caters to you, right? Can't rebuke them yet. Amen. Just come over here, brother. Come on, it's okay. It's going to be all right. And we all need that. We all do. We all need that. I know I needed that. There was times in my life when I was growing, you know, in the things of God that I needed to be coddled spiritually. I needed that. We all need it. But there comes a point in time where God says, okay, it's time to grow up. I got something for your life. I got something for your family. But you got to grow up. You got to start getting rid of the milk and start digesting some meat. Huh? Because I got great things for your life. You want to know why you're not doing what they're doing? Because you're not doing what they're doing. You're not doing the things that they've done. Look at the men and women that have gone before us and see what, what, what are they doing? What are the things that got them where they're at? Don't look at where they're at. Look at their journey. Look at the things that it took for them to get where they're at. I look at, you know, I used to always look at our pastors, Pastor Steve and Sister Josie, when I was coming up. I used to always look at, man, you know, God, he's a great dad. God, he's a great husband, you know, and I used to look to that and see how did he get there? How did he do it? And then I begin to see, you know, and then I begin to hear the stories, you know, of all the different things that they used to do and all the, used to th- the different things that used to come their way and how they would react and how they would handle these different things spiritually. And that would give me insight and it would give me hope. Amen? If they can do it, I can do it. If they can do it, I can do it. If they can do it, you can do it. If they can do it, you can do it. The promises are not just for one set of group of people. Once you get saved, we have access. The Bible says that we have an inheritance. Can somebody say amen? How many of you guys are ready to collect some inheritance? Spiritual inheritance. We all have spiritual inheritance. But in order to collect on that spiritual inheritance, we have to become spiritual children. Right? We have to be those children that have access to it. We have to start practicing the principles to get those promises. We've got to start digesting meat, start putting aside the milk. Because God's got a plan for your life. God's got a desire for you. But you have to desire maturity. You have to go after maturity. Maturity just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen naturally. You've got to go after it. Can we all stand here tonight? I want you to go ahead and close your eyes, bow your heads here tonight. Bible also says that when I was a child, I thought like a child. And I know none of us here are children physically. Some of us, we just got saved. Praise God. Praise God for that. Thank God for that. There will come a time. There will come a time. And there's no set, you know, there's no schedule on how it happens. You'll just know. You'll just know. As you begin to go forward in your walk with the Lord, you begin to, you know, learn how to pray and learn how to read His Word and, you know, get into the presence of the Lord. You'll know when it's that time. You'll know when it's time to grow up. You'll know when it's time to say, you know what? I've been a spiritual infant just a little bit too long. It's time for me to grow up. God wants to do something in my life. God wants to do something in my family. But it all hinges on me. I have to be the one, especially if you're a dad or you're a father, husband, we need to grow up. We need to be those spiritual heads of the family. Some of us, come on guys, we need to grow up spiritually. 
We need to grow up spiritually. We can't let, allow it. There's nothing wrong with our, our wives growing spiritually and answering the call and doing what God has called them to do. But we have to be the ones, guys. The men, we have to be the ones to lead our families spiritually. Spiritually. Not just having a job, going to work. I'm talking about being spiritual heads of the house. That's our call. So we have to grow up. We have to grow up. And here tonight, maybe that's you. You say, you know what, I've been, you know, it's been a couple years, or maybe it's been even more than a couple years. It's time to grow up. You say, you know what, Lord, it's, it's my time. It's my time. Tonight's my time. This is really all this altar call is going to be, is really just going to be being honest with yourself and where you're at. Because I don't know where everybody's at here tonight. I don't know where you are with your walk with God. I don't know if you're immature, you're not mature, you're a baby, you're eating meat. I don't know. But you know. You know better than anybody else, and God knows. Here tonight, this altar call is just going to be about honesty. It's honestly evaluating your life and where you're at right now and saying, okay, have I been drinking that spiritual bottle long enough? It's time to start eating some steak. Start, start, start eating some meat and allowing God to grow me and grow me and grow me and mature me in the things of God so that I can do what he's called me to do. I'm tired of being where I'm at. Sometimes that's it. We wonder why we're at where we're at, why we never get past a certain point. It's because we never mature past that point. We get to a certain point, we get comfortable. So here tonight, I'm going to open up the altars. And I want you to be honest with yourself tonight. And evaluate where you're at with your walk with the Lord. And if you need to grow up, tonight's your night.